Welcome to Pop the Question, a podcast that exists at the intersection of pop culture and academia. We sit down and talk about our favorite stuff through the lenses of what we do and who we are. From Pannoni Honors College at Drexel University, Dr. Melinda Lewis here. I'm your host. So not every Pop the Question episode starts with cat butts, but it's not out of the realm of possibility for what we do here. One of the things that we have strived for is to not just be a place where we just market in a traditional sense and just put messaging out there, but really becoming a place where we are helping faculty, staff, and students relay their stories, relay their narratives. So Pop the Question really became an opportunity for us to bring a little bit more humanity and in essence humility uh, because we got to talk about things that we liked and in a way that oftentimes illustrates who we are as thinkers, uh, what we do and like what we gravitate towards. What we're gonna talk about today is what has been occupying our time during this time of quarantine. Uh, What has provided us the outlets that we need to kind of occupy our mind and in a way that may not necessarily be productive, but allows us a little bit of reprieve. I'm sure that everybody has been finding, you know, television shows, movies, whatever, to like bring you some, some sort of joy. This is, I've seen a lot of people like binge watching The Sopranos and saying like, finally my time to like sit down with like 29 million hours worth of television uh, to go forth. I'm going to do that. We have with us uh, Jaya Mohan, who is the director of UREP, and Martha Mears, who is the program manager. And then I also have Erica, who is the director of marketing and media, and Brian Kantorek, who is one of the producers of the program and the assistant director for marketing and media. He's the producer and editor, and he takes all of this raw footage and makes it cogent, and that's really inspiring. I spent my time watching King of the Hill. That was the thing that I um, went to immediately when this thing got started. I, I ended up watching the entire show. I don't know if you have been able to accomplish such a feat. It's kind of like eating an entire cake, except without the belly ache, and I have no shame, no guilt whatsoever. I've also been watching a lot of horror films, which seems kind of not like the best thing to do right now. We're exactly the perfect thing to do right now. (laughs) (laughs) And and also wrestling has been like keeping me busy and occupied in a variety of ways. So I don't know how you have occupied your your time or who would like to start. I binged Schitt's Creek at the beginning of quarantine and watched it way too fast and then fell into like a deep depression because I was seeing that I was not going to see season six from Canada anytime soon. And I was distraught and was left with, with nothing, feeling heartbroken. I knew this day would come, John. Isolated, impoverished, cut off from all medical services. It's just a cold, Moira. Oh, it's always just a cold, John, until it's full-blown... Typhoid. I went on to some other shows, but I think that one was the one that kind of captured my heart and kept me going and like gave me energy for the first few weeks of quarantine. And 
you just kind of feel like you start this relationship and you're left in a lurch. Yeah, where you like yeah. develop like friendships with people. And I was staying I in that motel. I was with them in Schitt's Creek. It was amazing. <laughs> Look at the state of this place. It's like we're in a Mumbaian slum. I mean, would it kill someone to plant a few peonies? I have a feeling if you want peonies, Moira, you're going to have to plant them yourself. <laughs> These are dark times, John, not that dark. But I think like whenever we go back to, and I, I'm an old lady, but like when Friends ended, that was positioned as like an end of an era. Like to think about how excited people are that they can watch like Living Single again, Moesha, Girlfriends, like all of these shows that have come back from the 90s where like people are like, my friends are back. I'm reconnecting with my friends after like 20 or 30 years, or I can introduce, you know, like my kids or my students or whoever to these characters. Sometimes what I do is I stop watching a show so it never has to end. I do this all the time where I like just put off a show forever and ever and ever. Do you actually finish? I haven't watched the final season of Schitt's Creek because I know it's going to like, I say, oh, there's just too much content. But secretly, it's to prolong the pain of, like, connecting with these characters and knowing that it's going to be ending. Vita is the same way. I love that show so much. And I think it's doing so many cool things in terms of, like, representing uh, gentrification, representing the Latinx community in East L.A., like, LGBTQ community. But I know it's, like, gearing up to the final season. And so it's just, like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to go. But I did you just call burritos tacos? Them is fighting words. They're just overgrown tacos harina, but rolled up to the size of your head. Burritos have a history, man. Uh, yeah, an American history. Well, sure. But are you your country or are you your culture? Burritos are Mexican, man. Another show that uh, we binged at the beginning was uh, Taskmaster on, on YouTube. Um, I watched that with my kids and they got so into it. And that's something that is different from either a sitcom or a drama. It's different comics every season or different participants every season. It's the same, you know, host and co-host, but you don't have kind of those same relationships and that's the same like identification, um, you know, with them so that when it was over, there was kind of closure. It was fun while it lasted. Welcome back to Taskmaster. If you've just joined us, you've missed some comedians either eating or not eating a watermelon. <laughs> like, we have yet to catch up, and I'm very excited about that because it could easily be something we watch all the way through. I have to say, I love that idea because I think my favorite part of even just talking about Taskmaster isn't actually the show itself. It is talking to people about how they would approach that task. Yeah. Because I think that really tells you a lot about a person. Like, if your task is to eat as much of a watermelon in like a minute, like figuring out how are you going to open this thing, right? And that it's not wrong. Like everybody has a different method and it might not be the method that you choose, but that's part of the pleasure for me is like seeing how everybody kind of approaches the problem. Uh, I love watermelon. I'm a big fan of it. But you know, I'm sure it was going to be ruined by this experience. The show in my house that we really committed to was Golden Girls. Thank you for being a friend. There is seven seasons of that. Travel down the road and back again. 
pointing out to me the difference between how we watch TV now and how TV was like written and filmed and produced before binging was a thing. When this aired 30 years ago, you know, like nobody was expecting you to watch these episodes back to back to back. Um, you would have at least a week in between. So maybe you would kind of forget what had happened the week before. Um, or maybe you didn't tune in the week before, so it didn't actually matter, like that kind of consistency. Like my weekends really have been like, turn on my laptop and just like watch whatever, whether that's wrestling, television, movies. I've been trying to like catch up and like feed my brain in that way, like feed my brain stories. But how do you choose? Because that's part of why I don't watch as much TV as I actually want to. There's a lot of content out there that I'm like, this would be great. I would probably love this. But then that tyranny of choice, I'm like, please Netflix, stop sending me suggestions because I don't know what to watch right now. That's the energy I don't have to make choices. Brian, have you, you've been trying to watch stuff. I, I have young children, so I've, I've seen virtually nothing that I really would like to watch. Uh, we've watched a lot of YouTube the kids are on these YouTube kicks. They like watching videos of other children playing with toys, particularly dinosaurs and LOLs. We're deep into Jurassic World. We're deep into LOL. These are some of the, the toys that we're, uh, we're into right now, but particularly the, the Jurassic World dinosaurs. Side note, we did watch, for the very first time, E.T. We did some of that over quarantine, was introducing our kids to kind of our favorite 80s movies. So they've seen Goonies and Stand By Me and Ferris Bueller and Back to the Future. But that's been fun to kind of share that and see either what's aged well, what hasn't aged well. Um, But for the most part, those are all great watches that that stand the test of time. All right, this uh, this is an oldie. Well, it's an oldie where I come from. Hey, it's your mom. I have a question about that podcast you do. Are you on the Instagram or the Twitter or the Facebook? You know, like if I have an idea for a podcast, how do I get in touch with you? Love you. Bye. Sup, mom? Uh, yeah. So you can find us on all those things, actually. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Just go to PopQuestPod on any one of those and follow. If you want to send us ideas, you can either go over to our website and leave us a message at Podcast, or you can get us directly at popq at drexel.edu. You can actually find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Um, I can help set it up when I get home, but then you have to promise me to rate and review. All right. Love you. Bye. I've been getting super into and Brian I think you might be proud is like horror movies all I want to nice. like but outside of King of the Hill I'm on my Shutter account watching like slasher movies from the 70s and 80s like Nightmare on Elm Street 1 and 2 okay 
slumber party massacre one two three five like whatever however many you have um, that's what i was gonna say you know most have these sequels so it's like watching a miniseries see this is where you're losing me because <laughs> my first halloween related memory is from when I, I couldn't have been more than like three or four and all i remember was being like with my parents when they were handing out candy and seeing a kid must have been dressed as freddy krueger and all I remember were the hands <laughs> reaching into the candy basket. What inspired me to watch the second one is that there's a documentary specifically about Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Hmm. And the queer undertones slash overtones of that particular movie. You've got the body. I've got the brain. The second one took a weird turn. The second one was like one of those sitcoms that, that kills off one of its characters. But the third one kind of got back to the root of the franchise. It's a lot of fun. Jaya won't be watching it. No. One of my favorites is Silence of the Lambs. Like, I just think that yeah. I mean, just hearing the word precious still scares me. Yeah. yeah. Come on, precious. Come on, precious. Precious. Darling, how are you all right? Has anyone ever seen Jacob's Ladder? No. Tim Robbins, Danny Aiello plays an angel. Um, it, it's pretty deeply disturbing. It has that Silence of the Lambs kind of uh, ambiance to it. So I highly recommend that one. I mean, Martha, do you watch horror movies? Not particularly. I, I think the thriller category is kind of where my comfort level is because that's kind of exciting sometimes. I guess sort of for in like the true crime murder mystery suspense is, is where I'm at, um, which is series and shows at this point and maybe not necessarily movies but yeah we, we've gone through maybe all of them on the streaming channels in the beginning of this quarantine era um that was sort of phase one but horror scary gross things not not a huge fan but the suspense aspect yes i remember the movie that i watched this weekend and it was um one that i've been meaning to re-watch for a long time and it's called Blowout. It began with a sound that no one was ever supposed to hear. Brian De Palma's Blowout. Now you hear it. Now you don't. Have you watched Oh yeah, and set in Philadelphia. If you are in the Philadelphia area or if you visited Philadelphia, it, there are some shots that just are still, like they film in uh, 30th Street Station. And I, I watched that movie like maybe two years ago for the first time. I'm still scared of the restroom. Yeah, there's that scene where he drives through uh, City Hall. Yeah. Yeah, there's some cool shots of places that don't even exist anymore. So it's, it's almost uh, for posterity's sake. It's a nice documentary element. But it's like a Philadelphia like Liberty Day celebration. We need to have a screening it, of this one. It, it really is. <laughs> so yeah, um, John Travolta, baby John Travolta well, is a sound engineer and he's trying to record sounds for horror movies and he's outside and he witnesses a car crash. That occurs in the Wissahickon off of Lincoln Drive, by the way. Yeah. Which which is is notoriously dangerous for car crashes. So there was an element of uh, local lore to it. Yeah. Um, but then he realizes that it was actually an assassination attempt. He meets uh, a woman who was in the car. He saved her from drowning. And then he becomes enmeshed in this, like, conspiracy. 
but I've also noticed like returning to the stuff I was interested in, like middle school, returning to music, returning to television shows. So like going back to Seinfeld or going back to King of the Hill. But I don't know. Have you been finding yourselves doing that? I hope so. Yeah. I mean, I think for us, like how we've been sort of structuring it is like we have a show that we're watching when like we need something easy or want something easy and something that is like comforting to us. Uh, And then we have something that we can commit to as like, this is new to us and we need to like be engaged with it. Um, So like right now, like Golden Girls was the easy thing, right? (laughs) Like that was, you know, something we would watch in like the morning while we had breakfast or whatever. Um, But yeah, I think it's that comfort factor of being like, you know what, I can rely on this thing. Like there, I have a frame of reference for it outside of this time right now. And it helps me go back to a different time. That feels very real to me. I think we've re- rewatched The Office so many times. Um, we have recently switched to Seinfeld because we started a Hulu free trial. Um, so, you know, binging those old shows. And there was um, Fresh Prince 30th, I think 30th year anniversary this past weekend. They were just running like fan favorite episodes like all day. So that was just on TV like throughout my day that day, which was really great. In West Philadelphia, born and raised on the playground is where I spent most of my days. And so in the beginning when we needed like a nice, funny thing, like very low key thing to watch. We watched DuckTales on Disney Plus and it was, it got us through some of those hard moments in the beginning for sure. Um, so I also recommend checking that out if you need a little like kid zone time. I remember the DuckTales theme song, Martha. DuckTales a lot and it is ingrained in my head too but yeah I feel like that was like such a big part of my childhood as well well after this I feel like this is something that I have to watch now (laughs) yeah I think that would be great I think we need to have a DuckTales episode so let's (laughs) let's let's jam about pop culture let's talk about the things that we like this has been fun Melinda (laughs) this has actually got me thinking that I I have watched a little more than I was willing to admit up front but uh there's some good content out there. Yeah. Thank you for letting me productively procrastinate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you everybody for joining us and hanging out and telling us about your your favorites um, and some of your investments. And we hope to talk to you again. All right. All right. Bye, thank you. Bye. Bye, everybody. Pop the Question was researched and hosted by Dr. Melinda Lewis. Our theme music and episodes are produced by Brian Cantoric with additional audio production by Noah Levine. All of this was done under the directorship of Erica Levy-Zellinger, the deanship of Dr. Paula Morans-Cohen, and the Pannoni Honors College at Drexel University. I know it's important. I do. I honestly do. What are we talking about? Practice, man. What are we talking about? Practice. We're talking about practice, man. It's okay. It's all over. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.